This headline caught my attention. Calls ring out for Fauci to debate virologist after Rogan podcast appearance. And obviously, this is referring to Dr. Robert Malone. A debate between Fauci and Robert Malone. Wouldn't that be great? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. If we were to put each of these people, Fauci and Malone, into a camp, it would be as follows. Fauci supports in every jot and tittle, every little detail, the establishment narrative. Dr. Malone does exactly the opposite. Many of the things he says cut across the grain or conflict with the establishment narrative put out by people like Fauci. I think it's important to say that Fauci is undoubtedly the most well-known spokesman for the establishment. And I think over time, Robert Malone has become the voice for those who believe there is something wrong with the establishment narrative. There is more to know. There are things that the establishment is not telling the public. Now, I listen to both Fauci and Malone with great interest. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time here today talking about Fauci. You've almost certainly seen him time and time and time again on the dominant media putting out the establishment narrative. You're probably aware of his position with the National Institutes of Health and so forth. So I won't spend a lot of time with that. But I do want to take a moment to talk about Robert Malone. And again, I think it's important to say that I have listened to them both. So I'm not choosing sides at this moment. When I say that virtually all of the criticism that I hear of Dr. Malone is something akin to character assassination. Uh, one of the things that I see time and time and time again is that uh, Robert Malone is not the inventor of mRNA technology. Now, I don't use the word inventor because I, I think people can bicker about what that means. I express that Dr. Robert Malone is the father of mRNA technology. And in support of that, he has nine patents with his name on them granted by the United States government, which collectively lay the foundation for all of the mRNA technology that we're seeing today. But I think the important part is that when people try and attack his credibility, character assassination over the word inventor, what they're really saying is, I don't know a damn thing about the science involved, so I'm going to try and... I don't like the message. I don't know anything about the science, but I don't like the message, so I'm going to try to kill the messenger. That's my interpretation of when they have nothing to focus on but the word inventor. So pretty much, we have these two camps. We have the... And by that, I mean the populace, the people of the United States. We have two camps. We have those that choose, without understanding the science at all, who choose to follow Fauci and worship Fauci in many cases, whatever Fauci says goes. Um, And then we have those who, sadly, oftentimes without understanding the science, choose to follow Dr. Robert Malone and believe what he's saying. And of course, as a physiologist, you could imagine, 
I'm not really keen on either of those. I think people, if they're, going, if they're going to take a position at all, if they're going to support one or the other, they should actually take the time to look into the science. And I mean the science, not what the media reports about the science. I mean the actual science, not what Pfizer says about it, not what Moderna says about it. Not what CNN says about it. Not what Fox News says about it. Not what your favorite news outlet says about it. But actually look at the science. Because if you're not doing that and you don't understand the science, why would you choose sides in a science debate that you know nothing about? I think a lot of people at this point in history know who Kerry Mullis is. He was the gentleman who won a Nobel Prize for conceptualizing and creating PCR testing. And people have a lot of uh, views on PCR testing. Again, without understanding exactly how it works, people are either really for it or really against it. It's funny because the people who say it's completely bogus and it's wrong and it doesn't work right and it's, it's flawed. And so I asked them to explain to me because there's a rather specific lengthy process that, they, that PRC goes through. And so I asked them to describe to me at what point in that lengthy, very specific, detailed scientific process it goes wrong and produces whatever they believe is the negative about PCR testing. Yeah. I never hear back from them because they don't know. They, they just, just, just like choosing Fauci or just like choosing Malone, they've chosen that the PCR testing is somehow bad, flawed, inaccurate, whatever they want to say, without understanding it. And the biggest flaw <laughs> is not with PCR testing. It's with the protocols established for PCR testing. I mean, come on, you had 40 amplification cycles. I mean, Fauci himself said pandemics are not driven by people who are asymptomatic. And yet with the way PCR testing has been done during this outbreak for the last two years, if you had so little virus replication in you that you were asymptomatic, you still tested positive. And um, a lot of expositors, including highly trained medical personnel, have seen little value in that approach. But back to the main point, uh, Kerry Mullis is the brilliant scientist and researcher who conceptualized and then created the PCR process. So I want to share with you some words that Kerry Mullis had to say about Fauci, because this goes directly to will we ever see a debate between somebody like Fauci and somebody like Dr. Malone? So here are Kerry Mullis's remarks about Fauci. Quote, he doesn't know anything about anything. And I would say that to his face. Nothing. The man thinks he can take a blood sample, stick it in an electron microscope, and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy. He should not be in a position like the one he's in. Most of these guys up there at the top are totally administrative people, and they don't know anything that's going on at the bottom. And by that, he means the ground level, boots on the ground where the real work is being done. Those guys have an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have. Tony Fauci does not mind getting on television in front of the people who pay his salary and lie directly to the cameras. Who can we trust? Fauci? Fauci doesn't know enough. If Fauci wants to get on television with someone who knows a little bit about this stuff and debate them, he could easily do it. He's been asked. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, as I said, Kerry Mullis was brilliant and uh, won a Nobel Prize for his uh, conceptualization and creation of PCR. And he obviously was well familiar with Fauci. You just heard his assessment of Fauci. And I'm going to put a link down in the notes to the video in which Mullis makes these statements. I'd now like to share with you the <laughs> assessment of Fauci by 
Robert Malone, who says, quote, I mean, it's Tony. What can I say? Tony has no integrity. He lies all the time. And me and my peers have been watching this for decades. We just shrug our shoulders and shake our heads and say, it's Fauci. Close quote. Over roughly the last year and a half, I've done several presentations where I've taken a look at statements, public statements made by Fauci concerning SARS-CoV-2 and or COVID-19, and then I've compared his statements to the data. And it's been crystal clear by looking at his statements, we're talking about in, in context of the time. So let's say he makes a statement in October of whatever year. He makes a statement in October. And then we look at the data in the months or weeks leading up to his statement, and then shortly thereafter his statement. And we see that his statement had zero validity in light of the data. And obviously, that would tend to support the view of Fauci espoused by Kerry Mullis and Robert Malone. I'm not going to put links to every single video I've done about Fauci's credibility. I will link to the last one I did, down in the notes, um, because that particular falsehood was incredibly egregious. The worst, by far the worst falsehood Fauci has told during his time with the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak and him speaking publicly. In light of remarks by people like Kerry Mullis and Dr. Robert Malone and others concerning Fauci and his, according to them, his lack of integrity, um, why do people, again, without understanding the science, why do people get on board with what Fauci has to say? Well, I think there's various motivations. Number one, I believe, is that it is too emotionally challenging for the genre of people that choose to follow Fauci and believe him and in some cases worship him. I think it's too emotionally painful for them to acknowledge that somebody like Fauci, who has the trust of the American people, he's the most highly paid federal employee in the entire federal government. He has this significant responsibility. I think it's just too painful for a lot of people to say to themselves, this guy that, that we're supposed to be able to trust, we can't. There's a wider implication to that. If, if they admit, you know, we just can't trust Fauci. He's not trustworthy. I believe that opens a whole can of worms because then they have to do something else. They have to start looking at the entire government structure and the people who speak on behalf of government. And they have to say to themselves, well, all right, so if Fauci, with all of his credentials and his, I think he's, what, 37 or 38 years now in his position with the National Institutes of Health, uh, I, I think if they say we can't trust this guy, then who in government can we trust? And of course, that presents some problems. When you start asking that question, who in the government can we trust if not Fauci? Um, I think that opens a huge can of worms. And I think a lot of people are just not emotionally where they're willing to tackle that. They would rather, even if it's completely false, even if it's completely bogus, they would rather invest themselves in the fact that somebody like Fauci is scrupulously honest in telling the American people the truth and has has our best interests at heart. I, I think emotionally that's where they're at. They find it difficult to do anything other than that. And, and it's all emotion. In my case, 
it, it's a lot easier for me to do that than I think for the average American. And um, the reason is, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I'm the author of Income Tax Shattering the Miss, which was the is the fruits of 17 years of research into the truth about the income tax, uh, about who Congress has, in fact, imposed the income tax upon and who Congress has, in fact, not imposed the income tax on. And if you read Income Tax Shattering the Mist, there, there's, I think, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people have read it, but I'm going to go out on a limb here because I haven't spoken to all of them. But the feedback that I get that I've gotten for the last, was it 11 years now, 12 years that the book's been out? When people get to the final page and they close it, they can never, ever, 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 ever trust the federal government again about anything. I think in most people's mind, the quintessential true, one of the quintessential truths in life is that if you earn some money, you owe some to the, to the government to, in the form of income tax. And when you get done with income tax shattering the mist, you know that that is, has got to be one of the most pervasive false narratives that exists in this country, and it is promoted, actively promoted. This falsehood is actively promoted day in and day out by the United States government. I refer to it in Income Tax Shattering the Mist as the largest financial crime in the history of the world. And you, if you're just an ordinary American getting up in the morning, getting the kids off to school, having a cup of coffee, going to work, make some money, you are the government's victim of this scam. I mean, the income tax is not a scam, but, but the false representations to you about to whom it applies and to whom it does not apply is indeed a scam, and you are the victim. So because I know what I know, um, I know that the federal government <clears throat> is 1,000% non-trustworthy. So when I look at somebody like Fauci, and I started out at the very beginning of this talking about that I listen carefully to Fauci, and I listen carefully to people like Dr. Robert Malone, when I listen, I, I don't have this emotional thing that requires me to trust anybody, or in this case, we were talking about trusting government. I, <laughs> I know that the correct, accurate, and uh, proper way to view the government is always that they are non-trustworthy, unless or until you happen to, in a small amount of cases, find out that they're telling the truth. That is the proper context. So when I listen to Fauci as an example, it's much easier for me to listen to him and say, let me assess, as I said earlier, let me assess his statements in comparison to the data. Because it shows, as, as I pointed out, that he's lied time and time again. So it's not hard for me to say that because I've already unearthed what is uh, perhaps the federal government's single largest, most injurious lie that has victimized hundreds of millions of Americans and they know it and they're doing it anyway. So yeah, it's not hard for me to look at Fauci objectively and look at the data and come to a conclusion. Which, again, I think there's certain kinds of Americans that just emotionally cannot cope with that. I'm also the author of Body Science, which essentially does the same thing we just talked about with Income Tax Shouting This, but with um, physiology and uh, with an emphasis on nutritional physiology and the nutritional research done over the last 60 years. And I'm not going to go into a long-winded spiel, but I will tell you it's the same thing. You've been lied to for the last 50 or 60 years, abundantly lied to, to the point where it has made America the most ill society in all of human history, with all of our science and all our technology, we are the most ill society in all of human history. And it's because of people just like Fauci, Fauci's predecessors, if you will, uh, the people that came before him, the prime example of that being Ansel Keys. I mean, he sold his soul to the big sugar industry and, and he 
he harmed hundreds of millions of Americans over the last 50 years because he was willing to take money to lie. And I detail that in body science. And then it's not enough that you just take money and lie, but the way his personality was and his professional demeanor, I don't know if you're aware of this, he was a household name during like the 60s and the 70s on television. And with his false information that he put out, and he knew it was false to the American people. I, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of Americans he made sick and they died prematurely so that he could have money, so that he could have fame, so that he could have notoriety. So that's the kind of early predecessors, if you will, to how easily it is for people when money's in the picture. And of course, we know money's in the picture concerning things like the SARS-CoV-2 vaccines. When money's involved, how horribly skewed, just blatant falsehoods, are put out by the establishment as truth for the purpose of various industries getting trillions of your dollars. And if you become incredibly ill and die decades prematurely, they don't care. So again, my point being that without as a background uh, backdrop with my personal experience, I don't have a problem assessing Fauci's information objectively. When I say look at Fauci objectively, um, I saw a video not long ago of Fauci speaking to the media, and he was telling people that AIDS, the HIV retrovirus, um, could be transmitted through normal familial contact, such as being in the same household, parents and children, and that there was a risk of transmission of the HIV virus by normal familial contact in the household. Now, I think there were some, well, I know there were political reasons that he made that statement. Nevertheless, he told the entire nation a blatant, whopping falsehood. I mean, you can go find it, I'm sure, on YouTube for yourself. But the point is that, again, verifies Mullis's assessment of him and Malone's assessment of him. And you can see it with your own eyes. You don't need to believe Mullis. You don't need to believe Malone. You don't need to believe me. Go look it up. So then with all that said, what are the odds that we're going to see a debate between Dr. Robert Malone and Fauci? Before I address that, let me just quickly say that Dr. Robert Malone has a standing offer to debate any doctor, any medical researcher, any uh, vaccinologist, any professional, any professional who is in a field relevant to the topic of discussion, because primarily um, Dr. Robert Malone talks about the mRNA vaccines. And I say it's just so weird that, that uh, again, his critics try to paint him to a character assassination as an anti-vaxxer. Um, the man literally spent 30 years of his life developing healthy, safe vaccines. He literally is like, he spent the lion's share of his adult life in the vaccine industry, creating vaccines for you and your family to take that will save you from disease and so forth. But he's somehow an anti-vaxxer because he says that there are, uh, he believes there are serious concerns with the mRNA technology vaccine. So in this gigantic marketplace of vaccines, he has concerns about one particular type that somehow, in the minds of those who want to practice character assassination, makes him anti-vax. But the point is, he has a standing offer to debate anyone. So will Fauci take him up on that offer? No, absolutely not. 
Fauci knows his limitations. Um, you know, Fauci is a medical doctor, by the way, and uh, quite brilliant. And I've said this time and time again. The fact that somebody is incredibly brilliant, if they are corrupt, it doesn't matter how brilliant they are. And of course, Fauci really found his forte when he got into the administrative and political wranglings of heading up a federal agency. And that's why he's been in that position for, like I said, I think it's 37 or 38 years now. But as Mullis said, the guys at the top really don't know what's going on with the people at the bottom who are actually doing the work. The number one demographic of people who have some sort of problem with Malone are people who've never heard him speak, to be clear. When you hear him speak, he offers nothing in medical terms. He gets into a little bit of the politics of where we're at today. And of course, that is subjective. That's personal opinion. However, when it comes to the medical side of things, he offers evidence. He offers clinical trials. He offers other kinds of research. He never says, well, because I hold nine patents for the that collectively are the foundation of all mRNA vaccine technology in the world. He doesn't rely on that. I mean, he, he gives that as part of his credentials, but then he shows based on research, he says, here's what this shows. I have concerns about that. Here's what this shows. I have concerns about that. I have, that's what this shows. I have concerns about that. And I think we all should have concerns about that is, is what he puts out. And he just goes and goes and goes with research, with science. And it's so funny because, you know, there's the follow the science crowd who normally wouldn't understand science, wouldn't recognize science if it bit him in the butt. But suddenly when Robert Malone lines up study after study after study after study, and, and he talks about these concerning results from these studies, all of a sudden the follow the science people don't want to follow that science. Instead not understanding science. They just want to emotionally invest themselves, believe in Fauci. My point being that there will never be a debate between Fauci and Malone. The reason is, and as Mullis said decades ago, Fauci could hold a debate with any of these professionals anytime he wants, because they've asked him, as Malone has, Standing offer. You want to debate me? You want to say I'm wrong? Let's get it on. Let's do this. Fauci has had offers to, to debate people publicly, to buttress his claims, to show his credibility for decades now. And he's never accepted a single one. And he's not going to accept this one with Malone. Now, people can attribute their own reasons why Tony Fauci never accepts a public debate offer. I'll share my opinion with you um, of why Fauci will not ever debate Malone. My opinion is having listened to Fauci and having listened to Malone, both of them in depth, Fauci will not agree to a debate with Malone because Fauci would be decimated. He would be publicly humiliated. I think many of his supporters would even call for his resignation if there was a debate and they've got and they got to see Robert Malone present solid hardcore study data. And Fauci not being able to compete. I think he's also a little concerned at this point Fauci is about his legacy. I think 
the last two years has really damaged Fauci's reputation with a lot of Americans. And I think it's damaged his reputation quietly uh, within the halls of the federal government. Uh, he's a pugilist in the political arena and in the, the media arena, not in the boxing ring. But he's a, he's a pugilist. And I think as long as SARS-CoV-2 is still a thing, he will absolutely not resign because he would see that as, some, as affecting his legacy. Uh, however, I, I'm equally confident that when SARS-CoV-2 goes away, it's no longer a thing. He's no longer the White House spokesperson for the pandemic. I think he's going to step down, probably not because he wants to, but probably because the tide quietly amongst congresspersons and senators and others in the federal government have quietly, as I said, turned against him. No one's going to come out and speak against him at this point. But when this is all over, there's going to be so much pressure on him to resign and to turn his agency over to somebody whose credibility hasn't been seriously damaged. Pretty confident. Shortly after SARS-CoV-2 is no longer a thing, you're going to see an announcement in the press that Fauci is resigning. So we've talked here today a lot about credibility, falsehoods, and government, and so forth. If you would like to help me to continue to be here for you with these sort of presentations, may I encourage you to go to drreality.news, grab yourself a copy of Income Tax, Shattering the Myths, or Body Science. Cautionary note right now, either one or both, when you read it or them, you will never, ever, ever again be able to trust the establishment. If you read Income Tax Shattering the Myths, you will never, ever again, on any subject, be able to trust the United States government. I don't have to convince you of that. The facts will convince you of that. You, if you read it, you, and let's say you're somebody who actually has faith in the federal government, if you read Income Tax Shattering the Myths, I, cautionary note up front, it will destroy that construct for you. You will never, ever again look at the federal government in the same light. But again, if you appreciate these sort of presentations, what funds my being able to take the time to do this is the sale of these books. So if you would be so kind as to go to drreality.news and grab yourself a copy or both, that would be fantastic. Thank you for being here.